This is To The Point. A Rhino Experience. Voted one of the top home services marketing and operations podcasts. Cutting through the bullshit and getting to the point. Hey, To The Point listeners, I want to make sure you are all aware that September is Suicide Prevention Month. Suicide is the 10th leading cause of death in the United States. If you've ever had to endure the horrible loss to suicide or even attempted suicide as I have, then you know the pit it leaves in your stomach and especially because it could have been prevented. So I want to share some warning signs with you uh, of those who are might be considering suicide or thinking about suicide. And, and that's people talking about wanting to die or kill themselves um, or talking about feeling hopeless or having no purpose. Maybe they're feeling trapped or having unbearable pain. Talk about being a burden, excessive alcohol use or drug use, um, you know, acting, acting anxious and agitated, sleeping too much or too little, withdrawing, um, maybe the opposite in showing rage is another thing or seeking revenge or just displaying those extreme mood swings or something you should all be on the lookout for. Now, if you know of someone or you suspect someone, I would encourage you to reach out to them and have an honest conversation. Be bold and talk to them in private and listen to their story. Tell them you care about them. Ask directly if they're thinking about suicide or have thought about it, and then encourage some sort of treatment. You know, avoid debating the value of life or minimizing their problems or giving advice if you have to, and and simply just encourage them to seek treatment or contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, which is uh, 1-800-273-8255, or connect with me, your boy Chris. I'd be happy to sit and listen with them and talk to them. And thanks again to our listeners for always tuning in every week. I'm so incredibly grateful. And go and spread the word. We love you. What is up to the point, listeners? It is the host, your boy, probably your favorite person in the world. <laughs> Paul, <laughs> Paul, pipe down, and I haven't got through it yet. The, the host of To the Point of Services podcast, Chris Yano, along with my co-host, the extra lean, not so mean, wearing mom jeans, likes to keep it clean, tall, Paul Redman. What's up, my friend? Did you like that? That is the best introduction I could have ever had. Did you say wearing mom jeans in there, <laughs> like the jeans without the zipper or the pockets, the stretchy kind? Yeah, they had like the elastic waist and the... El- <laughs> no shame, man. Those things were, were ahead of their game, and you know that I would wear them if they were available in a 34-44. I feel like I just nailed an exact representation of you in like a two-second, you know... Wait, audio, are you audio. really 30... 30- 34 by 44? Is that, is no, that no, really? no. Oh, okay. 30, 34, 48. I'm sorry, 34, 38. That's, that's okay. Okay. I was like, 48? What are you doing? I like, but I, I thought I was taller than you. Wait, really? No, you're, it's like, yeah, you're tall too, aren't you? Like six, yeah. up, there's six, eight, nine, somewhere in there too. Seven. Yeah, six, nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus. Go normal people up in here today. Holy no, it's, it's great that short pants are becoming a thing now, Roland. So <laughs> it's like cool to show a little ankle. Thank goodness. Like, um, I wish I could go back to middle school. Uh, well, that, that comes with that wearing flip flops. So you know the San Diego vibe is rainbow flip flops, and you know you, you don't want you don't want pants on the ground. It's gotta, gotta pants show on the ground. Hey, listen. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's short, a great song. Jean shorts are called George, bro, and and those are not in style. I will never wear those. Where are we? Never. Right okay. What is well, happening? All right, stop. Yeah. Shut it down. Shut it down. Shut it down. Okay, okay. I'm gonna track. go ahead and introduce my our guest, my friend. Uh, and we have a great partnership with him as well. Uh, my friend, Roland Lightenberg, co-founder of House Call Pro. I know you've heard of it. So, hey, Roland, welcome to the show, brother. 
Thanks so much. It's it's fun to fun to finally be here and Dude, chat some shop with you guys. Every time I hear your name, Roland, it makes me think of a couple different things. And I, I maybe you've heard this before, maybe not, but the first thing it makes me think of is what you know about rolling down in the deep. <laughs> Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's just, you know, one of those names, it's like, you know, when you hear Roland, it goes with so many songs. Like, it also makes me think of... They see me rolling, hating, patrolling, and trying to catch me riding dirty. Trying to catch me riding dirty. Have you ever heard that before, Roland? Anything along those lines? Just a couple times, and you get your your oldies, like you're rolling on the river. Right? <laughs> rolling. So many other Damn, I almost oh, did that, too. But I was like, it doesn't really go with the other two. But I was like. Yeah, it I was, doesn't. It'd be like, wait, what? Dude, I was down this whole rolling rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And there's more. Oh, my God. There Producer, is more. Producer Ryan, do your thing, man. At any point when we say rolling, you can uh, Just you keep can hitting it. <laughs> but wait, yeah. don't play that last clip. It's way too long. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, it my God. See, now here I go again. See, listeners, I, I try to get know. to the point, but I get derailed. It's not always just my fault, okay? It's not always my fault. So, Roland, appreciate you, man. Thanks for playing along with me. Um, we're excited to have you on. Um, we've done a lot of cool things together since you and I first met and having mutual you know, customers and uh, being able to pull all of your stuff, <clears throat> excuse me, put it into our reporting dashboard and things like that. So I love it, man. I'm a big fan, um, you know, and we've developed a great relationship of it. And um, what you do for our customers and the service that you guys' company provides for our customers is exceptional, and I'm grateful. So thank you for uh, – Thank for thank you for doing it. <laughs> First yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's uh, you know only me programming, only me on Facebook, only me. No, we've got such a huge team, and and it's a it's a big company effort. So it's one of those things where you know we try to keep that small kind of family feel and touch and be really close with our customers. At the same point, you know, we're we're a big business at this point, and you know, we're helping now over twenty thousand home service professionals, eighty thousand techs out there every day using our software eight and a half hours every day. So it's just it's, it's big. Um, but you know, it, it comes with, you know, you got to share operational efficiencies and then you got to, you got to figure out how to get the customers first. Right? Yep. So you guys work on the branding, the front end the page, marketing, the ad yep. spend, all the things to get the trucks rolling. Uh, see, now we're going in that song. There we yeah, go. There we go, baby. <laughs> what you know about rolling down in the deep. That will never get old. <laughs> it's fantastic, buddy. Good that. job. Hey, you know, something I want to commend you on, um, on air is during COVID, um, is when you and I really started to connect, but you really stepped up. And what I love is the things that you were doing is you guys were utilizing your podcast and the videos and stuff. And you brought on some like exceptional guests. Um, yeah. You got, you brought on Simon Sinek. You had on Cuban. I was like, what the hell is this guy doing? Um, <laughs> I was jealous. I'm like, damn, this is, this is fantastic. But the point is, is that I love that you did that and you created, you know, um, all these different podcasts and shared all this content to again, help like everybody in the industry and utilize your influence to be able to help everybody in the industry through a weird ass time. So thanks Dan for stepping up and doing that. Um, obviously I'm in the industry, so I'm grateful for anybody that does those things. So thank you. Yeah, no, no, obviously like for us too, when, when COVID hit, we're like, all right, well, what can we do to help the pros? And the first thing was like, every night we're going to come on, we're going to just, you know, kind of syndicate the news, what we see out there. The biggest things back then really were like the EIDL and the PPP loans. And like, oh, yeah. man, that, that was so difficult. And like, what can you do? What's forgivable? What's not? How yep. can you apply? Like the site's down, the site's not working. It's like, no shit. It's the government yeah, right. site. Exactly. I don't know if I could swear. I forget about that. <laughs> um, we'll you know, but it's, it's, 
you know, it's one of those things where, you know, back then there was just so much information. So we got, you know, our folks, you know, our, 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 our council looking at it and trying to distill it into something that's like simple. Cause there's just, you know, when that came out, it was like 1100 page document, and, you know, like how, if you're running a business and, and now all of a sudden you're told you can't go to work, like the last thing you're going to do is try to re- get some money for the business. Um, right. So yeah, that, that was definitely something I'm glad that we did. And uh, we did have some really cool guests on and, the fun thing is everyone is like, oh, like how much did you pay to do them? Or uh, how much you have to pay in street is Zero. We paid yeah. zero, zero dollars, zero. Yeah, you yeah, just and, asked. And, and, yeah, it was just, just you know, just have them come on, just yeah. ask. It's okay, yeah. Um, and for the people that watch them, you know, you'd see me ask them, they're like, all right, well, who else do you know, Mark? Who else could I have on the show? And he's like, oh, well, I know a gal called Barbara. All right, cool, let's get Barbara Corcoran on the show. You know, and so he did the intro and we got her on the show. And so like every guest would have someone else cool. Um, one of my favorites, obviously Simon Sinek was like a personal favorite, but oh, yeah. um, Alan, Alan Mulally was a crazy one. So he was the CEO of Ford and Boeing. I mean, he has 3 million people at one point in his career reporting to him. He, like, he was in charge of 3 million people at a company. Can you imagine a company that big? That I don't even awful. know what I do. That sounds yeah. awful. I love people, yeah. but that is a lot of love you got to share around. <laughs> you can't, you can't just crazy. Do, yeah. That's exceptional. Yeah. Good for you, dude. That was so cool. It was fun. It was definitely fun. Yeah. So I mean, obviously what was really neat about it was like our customers were finally deemed essential, you know, Absolutely. Um, even though they've always been essential, which uh-huh. is so crazy that it takes like a pandemic to realize yeah. that piece. Right. But I think people all of a sudden were like, oh my gosh, you know, we're using the toilet all day. Well, something's going to happen. You have to call a plumber, you know, yeah. same with HVAC too. You know, people are like, well, I'm not just running HVAC, you know, 5 PM to like, you know, nine. No, it's running all day long because we're in the home all day long now, you know? So yeah. and- um, that was it's pretty crazy to see. Yeah, well, good for you, dude. I love that you did all those things. Clearly, you have a, uh, a heart for the trades and you want to help, and I appreciate that. Anybody that does that thing, like I said, I, I, have, I have mad respect for it regardless. So thank you for doing all that stuff, too. So clearly, let's go ahead and jump into it, man. Go ahead and tell us your story. Like, how did you end up getting into the trades? <laughs> yeah, sure. Because um, you were so dreaming it, about it, it since you were a kid? You know what's funny is, um, so so I, yeah, so I grew up, um, I was in, in the Bay Area, I grew up. Um, you know, my dad was in tech and so I kind of grew up around in tech in the Bay area. When I went to school, when I was at school, I paid for school, actually running a painting business that summer. So during, during the school year, I'd go knock doors. Um, and then after I'd get all my contracts, I'd go paint all homes. And you didn't have to use a ladder. So you were super efficient. Oh. And it was great. You know, I would just show people like, oh yeah, you know, the roof here, just, you know, just paint it right here. And they're like, Roland, we got to get a ladder for that. You got to like budget an extra 0. 0.5 into every single bid, you know, times 10. Okay. You're like underbidding everything. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, so definitely some painting, but, um, you know, went back into tech after, after college and, um, you know, while we're at, at Qualcomm, myself and my co-founders were like, Hey, you know what? why, why is it so hard to find a good plumber? Why is it so hard to find like a good HVAC company? You know, why is it so hard? And so, you know, we really came out first. The first thing our idea was first house call is connecting homeowners with trusted local pros, right? We really want to do the Uber for X. And as we're building that, we're like, oh my gosh, none of our pros, they, they don't have like the modern tools that we're used to. And that's when, you know, we launched house call pro back in 2015 with, you know, mobile app first mobile only, which is unique when people are like, well, what makes makes you guys different? How have you guys grown so fast? Like, well, at first, all we had was the mobile app. So it was only for owner operators or, you know, a couple, a couple of folks, right. The the smaller, the smaller size companies, because it was mobile only. And then on top of that, we built the web platform, which is different. A lot of other platforms will build web first and they kind of bolt, kind of bolt on an app. And it's like, you can't just bolt on an app, you know, because that's actually what needs to get used uh, most of the time, right? And it has to be super simple and simple is hard. 
And people are like, oh, well, there's not a lot on there. It's like, yeah, but that's the beauty of it. And I feel like that's a key differentiator. So that was kind of the, the pathway. And now, you know, six years later, since, since we launched it, you know, obviously we've got a lot of pros using it and um, it's, it's been great. And obviously in our core trades, you know, we service, I don't know, over a hundred different trades, you could say, but really the core mechanical HVAC plumbing electric, that, that's our, that's our big three. That's our, that's our top three. Um, but we do have dog walkers, you know, we do have phlebotomists. We do have um, some sketchy, you know, um, you know, people selling stuff, you know, through there. And it's like, keep going. You know, it's Elaborate, please. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. People, people use our software for all kinds of things, but you know, really it's, it's for the trades and that's what we focus on. And um, it's been, it's been a great ride. Hey man, how's your roofing customers looking like? <laughs> you know what? Roofing is interesting because it's, um, you know, I would say our software is mainly based on people that do like one day jobs, two day jobs, maybe a couple days. And it's like, Boom, boom, boom. So we call that really like repair and maintenance, um, even though there's some install work, but then there's like home improvement, which is like roofing, right. siding, solar, right? Oh, Projects, proposals, and multi-bids. And so that that evolves in like an even different direction. Um, and so for us, you know, ultimately we'll, we'll head in that direction too. But first we just really got to nail like our customers that we have right now, which is HVAC. Oh, of course. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. 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 I, I just threw that in there because I'm so like hyper-focused on it at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good industry are. too. It, it's, it's, it's obviously needed for every home. You got to have a roof over your head. So Dude, I'm, I'm noticing pay it, good money for it. I'm noticing a lot of, you know, of our, of our HVAC and plumbing guys starting to buy roofing companies. I'm seeing some trending. Yep. Well, honestly, you know, the hardest thing about anything is like really home services. is just a customer service business. You yeah. just happen to, you know, fix something, yeah. right? Like you just happen to be skilled in plumbing or whatever. And in reality, the, the way to grow a company is either you get multiple geos. So you start franchising out or you start layering in multi-trade. Right. And that's why you see a lot of HVAC plumbing and electrical or HVAC plumbing, solar, HVAC solar. But roofing is a great one because once you're on the roof, why shouldn't you do solar? So you should do right. roofing and solar, you know, and there's so many compliments, but really it's just, you know, if you can, if you can get that customer through the door, right, you, 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 you cast the, the right net for the right target demographic, you know, then all of a sudden you got that trust. Why shouldn't you be doing all these other things for them? That's right. You just need to make sure you got a solid little field management system to keep your ass in check. <laughs> That's right. You gotta stay organized. You got to stay organized. Yeah. Especially if you're doing multi-business unit for sure. Yep. So let, let's talk about that. What did the product look like in 2015 and what does it look like now? Uh, so back in 2015, so we like to say you got to ship. So by shipping something, that means you're shipping to production. It's engineering speak for like it comes into the wild and people can use it. Yeah. So you got to make sure that whatever you ship first, you have to be embarrassed by it. So I am so embarrassed by our first product. Literally, it was just uh, it didn't even have a calendar on the mobile app. It just had the ability to create a customer, create a job and accept a credit card. That was it back in 2015. That's all it did. Um, so it's probably closer to like a, like a Joist or like a invoice to go or invoice ASAP, right? There's like these tools that a lot of contractors use that just do kind of the simple stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, that's what it was back in 2015. And so, you know, as we started to talk to the customers, they're like, Hey, Roland, we got to have a calendar. We're like, all right, let's build a calendar. You know, so we <laughs> added a calendar to it and they're like, Hey, can I put Paul on the job too? And I'm like, Oh, multi-dispatch. Yeah. Okay. So let's get multi-users going, you know? And so it just started to progress and really everything we did was just by talking to our customers and doing ride-alongs and just sitting, sitting, sitting in the truck, you know, with the windshield time and, and learning from talking to them. And where do you want to take it? What does it look like in the next? I mean, first of all, five years is not a lot of time for product development. I mean, that's really fast. And at the scale you guys 
are operating right now. That's like rocket ship. But where are you going to take it? What does the landscape of that area look like? Yeah, ultimately, what we want to do is make it so that, you know, Chris, the plumber, can just focus on what he's good at, which is plumbing and customer service skills, and everything else gets taken care of. Like the scheduling, no one needs to do that. The dispatching, we've got all the information to do smart dispatching, right? All the customer communication, we can do all those parts, the reminders, the texts, the follow-ups, the yearly maintenance agreements, like all the things. So like all the kind of monotony and the stuff that you think technology should be able to do, we want to just do all of that. So that way, what's left is truly the skilled part, which no, no robot, no, no AI can replace it. No one can replace someone going to the crawl space and, and you know, putting an air handler up in the attic. It's right. just not going to happen. Right. And so like, if we can make it so that our software can do everything else besides the actual truly skilled stuff in the customer service aspect, then we've won. Uh, now we've talked a little bit about this just in passing back and forth online, but obviously you're not the only person in this space. There's other big names, Service Titan, like, where do you fit in the ecosystem alongside Service Titan? And, and how does that kind of inform your macro review of the industry? Like, what's going on in that space? It seems so fascinating. Yeah, I think um, the bigger companies, they had to have more systems in place than the smaller ones, right, to get to their scale. Um, even before there was really software, right? There was janky stuff like, uh, I don't know, like a success word, Excel sheets, and like, you know, the older softwares of your, but like, back then, that was cutting edge. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not downplaying it. That was the best back then. And so, you know, those companies had to get to that size. And, you know, in, in the home services space, those are the companies that understood operational efficiencies. They, they really understood being organized and, and keeping track of those things. So um, ServiceSign has done a great job um, at, at tackling those types of, of customers, really going after them first. And then when we came into the biz, we went bottoms up. So we said, hey, let's help the small guy first because they are, they're the hardest, um, you know, to a, inform, acquire, educate, right. show, talk to, you know, um, and help, um, you know, because they might just be getting started or they might have just left the company to go start on their own, you know, to chase their own American dream. So we started um, bottoms up. And as we're growing, you know, we've got lots of companies that are, you know, doing 20, 30, 50 million dollars using House Call Pro as well. Um, but for us, you know, we really focus on that mid-sized shop, that five to 20 employee range. Um, really anything between one to 20, that's probably 90% of all work that gets done in the United States. Right, right. <laughs> Beyond that, you get some really big companies for sure, but it's just, you know, it's a classic 80, 20 kind of rule, um, you know? And, and so I feel like it is sort of a crowded space, but it's also not really, cause there's, right. you know, a lot of other smaller bespoke softwares that will target just pest control or they'll target just lawn care, you know, and they just focus on those or just roofing. Right. Um, and, and that's okay. Um, but, you know, there's an ability to build something that fits most people and then build a software in a way that you can put add-ons into it to make it more specific for the industry. So, for example, you know, I bought my iPhone, iPhone work out of the box, right? It's freaking amazing. It's, 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 it's so crazy that we have this kind of technology at our fingertips. But then we, I go to the App Store. And you know what? I freaking hate Apple Mail. So I download Gmail. Yeah. And I hate freaking Apple Calendar. So I download Fantastical. And you know what? I'm on Facebook all the time. So I download an app. So you know, how can you make the software so it's amazing out of the box with really great defaults, super easy to use, and then I can customize it for my needs and I can build on top of it, you know, and Apple's done just an amazing job, you know, doing that. So how do we kind of replicate that kind of a move? 
smartac.com, smartac.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. Smartac.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. So I can imagine, sorry, Chris, I can imagine, you know, early days, you've got maybe 100 customers or so. You're pretty agile. You can kind of adapt to the feedback you're getting. What, what's it look like now in terms of number of users and number of companies and like, what's that journey been like? Yeah, sure. I mean, obviously now there's millions of jobs happening on our platform any given month, you know, billions of billions of dollars um, every single year. So it's, it's grown so much. Um, but the feedback loop is the same. So there's like, you know, two places where I think we're really unique um, that others still have yet to crack and they try to replicate and they try to copy, but they just don't do the job. Um, but number one thing is community. So that's actually truly caring about your users and putting them, you know, we have our own Facebook group. Um, ultimately, we'll probably have our own platform, you know, where they can all go hang out. Um, but within the community, just truly spend time with them, help them answer their questions, listen to them, talk to one another, share tips, make it easy for them to share their price list, make it easy for them to share how they sell service agreements, make it easy for them to share, you know, whatever kind of like HR documents and things that they need, et cetera. So for us, that community has been a source of a lot of our ideas, if not almost all of our ideas. Um, and it comes from just talking to your users. That hasn't changed. You know, we had that when we had 10 people, we had that in 100 and we had that now in 20,000. So it just, it just continues to grow. Um, and then we have what we call our blue chat bubble. Um, so if our pros are like, hey, I wish I could do this or I wish I could do that. We got a very easy way to take that feedback in and then put it into our, our other software that we use to track all of our feature requests. You know, we can prioritize those by industry, by user size, by number of requests. Um, and that gets fairly complex. But, you know, between those two intake engines, we've got a million things to build for a million more years to come, even if we had a million engineers. <laughs> so, right. you know, um, my parents are like, so when are you done uh, building House Call Pro? So, so aren't, shouldn't you be done by now? It's like, no, no, it's like it's ever evolving. It will continually have engineering resources. And so that's where, you know, as a company, we just, you know, in the last year, we tripled the size of that team. So it's just going to continue to grow and continue to become more complex and service more industries, more users, just everything. Uh, it's, 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 yeah, it's something unique. I mean, by listening to the users, that's the only way to truly build it because I'm not in the field all day. I happen to have kind of run a home service business, but not really, you know, it paid for college. That was it. And then I quit. Um, but, um, but really you got to listen to people that are using it every single day. Like even if you could take one click away, right. For every one click, and then a job, now all of a sudden, there's millions of jobs on the platform, you're saving millions of clicks. Each click takes 10 seconds, 15 seconds. And so little things at this scale make a massive difference. Um, and it may seem like, oh, it's just one click. Well, there's a reason we build on the software platforms that we have right now, um, so that we can reduce those frictions, because it all matters, even in its like most smallest little bit. Got it. I could go so far down the product path, so I'm going to try to zoom out um, because this stuff we just love, but what, what is an interesting problem that you see right now that you're trying to solve right now? Kind of what's keeping you up at night? What's kind of looming out there over the next maybe two to three years that, um, has got you thinking. 
I just think by and large, most people are used to just ordering things online in every other industry, but the home services. Mm-hmm. And so in reality, when you think about it, you know, there is some amount of salesmanship that goes into the intake process, but there's also an amount of, Hey, look, the consumer went to your site because they saw all of your reviews. They're already going to buy from you. You don't need to sell them, but you just want to make it. So, you know, that mom who's super busy, you know, running around with three kids, she can just check a checkbox going like, Oh, yep. Yep. Rhino HVAC is coming to my house and just get that confirmation message. Just be done with it and not necessarily have to go through, like I have to call them and they have to call me back and it's summertime and are they coming? Are they not coming? So that whole, that whole intake process is just really interesting. And I feel like continually it can be done better. Uh, And because the software knows the schedule, the availability, what the technician capabilities are, you know, why can't it be easier for someone just to select a time, click a button and call it done. And so when it comes to that, where are consumers looking for, for these individuals? You know, a lot of times, I mean, Google's the front page of the internet now. So, you know, how can you make it easy for them to go through a flow, whether they get found at the top of search, because you know what, they've have a company like Rhino that's taking care of their SEO, like on the marketing side, so they show up plus the ad units, right? Plus Google guaranteed. How can you make sure that they all go into that same system in a very clean and efficient manner so that for the homeowner, they don't have to talk to anybody. And it's not to say that talking to someone isn't a value add and you can start to sell your service. I promise you, you're gonna get a chance to talk to the customer at some point, but like that first process doesn't have to be hard. I mean, even for us to schedule this meeting, I didn't talk to you guys to find a time. I clicked the button, saw your schedule, looked at my schedule, I clicked confirm and boom, it was done, right? It was super easy. Like, I hate it when people are like, let me propose three times, Paul. Can you do Wednesday, Thursday and Friday and here's the times? And then you go, oh, Roland, I'm sorry, I'm booked. Can you do these two times? And it's like, what a waste of time. You know, I don't have time for that. Um, and and neither, does the, neither does the homeowner. You know, the homeowner doesn't have time because there's companies now that are offering better and better kind of intake processes. Um, and, and they're going to start sweeping everybody else up. Um, because that's what the consumer wants. And they're used to that in restaurant booking. They're used to that in booking their haircuts. They're used to that in so many other salons. Like, you know, it's, it's everywhere else. Like Domino's, my pizza tracker is the most advanced piece of technology that I have. And I never I knew I needed it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. My kids love that too. <laughs> yeah. You so watch, watch the little meter. It's cool. You, you know, what's interesting is, you know, Chris has built this podcast to be, you know, pretty much like automatic, right? It kind of runs on its own to a degree. Sorry, producer Kyle, producer Ryan. I know there's a lot of work that goes in the back end, um, but it's pretty seamless. But you know, there was a, a moment where you and I had to kind of step out of sequence to just answer some quick back and forth. And we went to Facebook messenger, right? But that only worked because I knew that you were the type of person who like valued technology enough to be able to respond to a message. And that's the same thing that consumers need to go through and go, you know, this is out of sequence. This isn't going to happen. I've got a question about whatever I can go to messenger and that's, that's missing, but it's really interesting perspective. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, definitely. I feel like people that aren't thinking about it right now, um, you know, and you're stuck in like your script and you have to phone call in and you only show a phone number on the website. Like that's a recipe for failure, you know, because people will just go to the next person. Um, And people that only have a contact form, like, have you ever, like, I like the, when was the last time you filled out a contact form? Seriously? Like I have, I've never in my life, I don't think I've ever filled it out. So it's like, you have to give options for people that do, I don't know who does, but there's people that do. Right. But like, honestly, wouldn't it be great if I just click a couple buttons and it's like booked and it's just kind of done. 
Um, I don't know if I fill out a contact form. Are you gonna Are you gonna answer in like an hour? Is it customary for 24 hours or 48 days? Like, is it bad juju on me to fill out five contact forms for five HVAC companies? Right? Like, which one wins? I don't know. You know, it's just it's just that weird yeah. feeling. Dude, you I'll, just don't know. I'll tell you that. Um, I think you would be blown away if you saw the volume of contact forms that our call listening reporting team goes through. It is still gigantic, but yeah. I think it's just because that. People don't want to talk. It's an easy contact form. Like something we've learned as an internet marketing company is speed is a necessity. So we need to be able to get to yeah. the booking as quick, you know, as quick as we possibly can. If they don't have a chat feature, whatever it is. But I think that you have to be able to share all of it. You got a number, you got a contact form, you got a chat, you got a booking. Like why not have an option? Like, because I do agree with you. If you, if you just have, I believe that today, if you just have a contact form and just have a call tracking number that you're missing business, I 100% believe that just because of the speed of technology and the ease of use and people want things faster. So I agree with you. I just believe that you should have all of it. I I think you're right because really it's not the way that you want to be contacted. It's the way the customer wants to contact you. So maybe someone does want to fill out the contact form. Maybe someone wants to talk through the chat bubble. You know, and they just want to do that. Or maybe someone wants to call in, but like have all of them, but let the customer pick. Don't force them down a path because guess what? There's people that be like, eh, you know what? I can't, Chris doesn't have a chat ball on his side. I'm out, you know, yep. I'm going to go somewhere else. Totally and agree, that's going to happen. Totally agree. All right. So I, I want to go a little bit deeper, get to know Roland a little bit more personally. Um, what you know about rolling down gosh, in the that. deep? I just, I don't like when that ends. That's the only thing I don't like about it. I want to listen to that song all the way through. Um, so good. Obviously, if, if I look at your story, it's kind of the unicorn story of software company. Um, but there had to be some hard days. Can you tell me about the most difficult days or seasons at House Call Pro? Or maybe it was before that, but tell me about the most difficult season you were in and what's your perspective looking back on that period of time now? Sure. I mean, there's many times in a business where you see it, it's like successful and you're like, wow, that must've been an easy ride. I would say, you know, it, it, it is that crazy road closer. Yeah. See, we're just doing this. Like, <laughs> it is that, you know, there was, a, there was a point in time when we had to switch from our original idea, which was like connecting homeowners with trusted local pros. And we're like, well, that ain't working. You know, let's go build house called pro, which is for the pros. Uh, that's what we are today. But at that point, you know, we had to let people go uh, to where it was just the core founders again, pretty much. Um, and cut our salaries down to zero, yeah. you know, and and then grind again to go prove that we can do House Call Pro, prove that we can sell it, prove that there's people willing to buy it, um, and then go raise some more money to then go hire people back again, you know, and, and we were lucky enough to offer some jobs back to some of the people we unfortunately had to let go, but it wasn't a situation that they, they knew that they were doing bad. It was just, we made a wrong decision <laughs> and then we righted it, you know, and so you know, that was a particularly tough moment. And that was early, you know, back in 2014 or so. Um, but that could have been a moment when someone would have just given up. They're like, all right, we're done. See you guys. Let's go do something else. Um, but it takes a lot of conviction and it, and it takes a lot of, you know, you got to have that grinder hustle mindset where it's like, you know, I, I believe in what I'm doing. That That's good. And I think this should be this way in the world. And I think there's people willing to buy it. And, and sometimes you have to make that bet. And yeah. a lot of pros are making that bet on themselves. You know, they're working for someone else. They're like, I'm going to go work by myself. Yep. I'm going to go make that jump. And, you know, maybe they have that safety net of like, hey, I'm a good tech. I can always get, get hired back anywhere else, which which exists. But like still making that jump, that's a big jump. Um, and through that ride, there's probably going to be times when, you know, you lose that main 
that main person, right? Your lead tech and they leave or they get poached or whatever, you know, and you're like, ah, should I be doing this? I don't know. I just, I can't, I got all these customers and now they're all pissed off at me because, you know, my install dates now I have to shift everything like a month out. I'm going to lose people. Um, but you just have to grind through that. And so our story isn't unique. Every company has that kind of a story, but there've been moments like that just within house call pro and, you know, you just grind and, and get your way through it. I mean, I feel like in technology too, you have to be progressive, like, cause you're trying to get be first to market or you're trying to, and you, and the only way is to put it out there and get the user experience to be able to build from it. So like, you kind of have to do that stuff. I mean, and everybody has peaks and valleys. There's not one person that will ever tell me that they've started a business and it went smooth and it was fantastic. And then there was never, it just doesn't work that way. I no. mean, you, everybody goes through it, but that's also where, um, the great businesses excel because you, you do, yeah, it's tough but you don't quit. You don't give up. You learn from it and you get through it. Like that sounds cliche, but this legit how it works. Like you may have taken the financial hit, like for sure early on in the business, there's times where I was like, what in the hell am I doing? I'm working so much, you know, and I, we made mistakes too, that you learned from that have made us exceptional today. And you know, I wasn't able to take a paycheck like early on this business. I remember going, I will never go through that again, but I learned how to avoid those pitfalls, but everybody goes through it. It's just that with technology, <clears throat> excuse me, with our contractors, they get so comfortable on where they're at that they don't want to change. They don't want to try something different. It's just like, Hey, things are going good now. Like, but that's complacency, man. Like that is a killer. So you gotta yeah. be, you gotta start thinking progressive. You gotta start trying new things. And that, that's why I think about your industry, man, is like technology. Obviously, we decided to focus on the niches, you know, of HVAC, home, HVAC plumbing and electrical. So that way I didn't have to learn any new businesses. I just needed to continue to chase the technology to stay ahead of the game on behalf of our contractors. So, dude, I feel you, man, because you got no other way around it. You've got to build it, put it out there and just let it ride and see how the user experience is. Totally. But I, I mean, I feel like even you guys, Rhino, you guys are open to, hey, you know, what? yeah, let's connect. Let's connect the dots like, oh, yeah, we got to hire some engineers to do it. And you know what? Engineers are not cheap. I'll tell you that much, you know, but like we're going to hire them to integrate the things and we got to make it so that we can prove that an ad unit we bought here turned into a booked call, turned into, you know, a lead that turned over into a new install that turned into a $15,000 job. But, you know, unless you can prove that entire piece, it's very difficult to show, like, what, what am I getting for my ads? If you're just, 100%. if you're just, if, if anyone's listening to this and they're working with the agency, that's like, Hey, Chris, you know, we got you 20 calls last month. You're like, okay, great. And what? It's like, well, that's five more than last month. It's like, well, what does that, what does that mean? It's not just about calls. You right. need to have so much more than that. And I feel like, unfortunately, a lot of pros just, um, you know, they, they maybe aren't exposed to enough um, good agencies out there that are actually thinking about it and like, no, no, no. I, what's my return on ad spend? I want to be able to see it. Like what, what's it generating for me dollar for dollar? Cause if that does work, you should go spend more marketing dollars. I see a lot of times in these forums and groups, people are like, well, what percentage of gross revenue should I be spending on advertising? It's like, I would spend whatever 50% <laughs> if I found the right channels, right? Like it's, it's the subjective question, right? And people are like, well, I do 5% or 1% or I just work on referrals. It's like, no, if I could prove that I could turn from $1 into two or three or $4 and I've got the right margins, then I will go spend more money. I will go find investors to give me money to go spend more money, right? As long as I can continue to scale it. And that's kind of mindset that you need to have to survive. Roland, if this works, I'll spend whatever it takes. I'll spend whatever, whatever you need. Yeah. Roland, if this works, well, I thank you for saying that uh, because it is like the big missing ingredient that, that I feel like a lot of contractors have or use um, when measuring their 
marketing agencies or even their marketing managers that are managing their marketing agencies or whatever it is in the house is that there's this gap between closed revenue in your field management software and actual lead volume opportunity that was missed. There's a gap there that people aren't seeing the whole picture. They might say, well, man, in my house, GoPro account, you know, I, I spent $5,000, Chris, uh, a month and I only closed, you know, $26,000. That doesn't make, like, I, I took a loss this month on it. But we're not responsible for closed revenue, we're responsible for legit qualified lead opportunity, and you're not seeing the two. So let's find out where this operational miss is. Is it a booking rate? Sweet. Let's look at what your what your booking rate is. Like, but yep. you have to have the like so what to speaking to your point on the I'd spend fifty percent, you gotta know. And you have every tool. If you're listening right now and you're one person, you have every tool in the world to help you manage your business. And you can still do your thing. Like the thing that like Roland and I have always seen eye to eye on is how do we take something off of your plate, you the listener, your plate to do it for you. So that way you have the info you need to make the right decision, but you don't got to put the work in. You just got to do the end result, the job. Yep. And and that's what I've loved about this and why I've reached out to you to say, dude, like this makes so much sense because I'm driving all this lead revenue. I'm driving, I'm tracking every lead, listen to every single phone call. Who's a new customer? Who's a referral? Who's passed? Who came from what? All that shit's great. But, and if I can see a booking rate, great. Like at the end of the day, I want them to increase their booking rate. If they don't, I do CSR assessments so I can say, hey, Bob sucks at answering these leads. He needs help here. Coach him, you know, or Lisa's doing phenomenal. We need more of Lisa, you know, on these calls. Anyhow, all that stuff matters in your business today. Like you have to, if you're going to spend the dollar, you got to know exactly what that dollar is bringing you in return. And then what part of that responsibility is on you versus your agency and then hold them accountable. Yeah. No. And, and if you can't get to those numbers, it's really hard to, to manage the business. But ultimately, you know, the, the value of working with an agency that works with a lot of people or the value of working with a software platform, I can I can tell you, you know, if you, you ask me like, hey, how do I compare to someone else? I can tell you your booking rates lower right? or I can tell you it's higher. Right. And so as an individual, you may not know, am I doing good? Am I doing bad? Am I not? Um, but if you're working with a good partner, they'll be able to guide you and say, like, look, I work with hundreds or in our case, thousands of other HVAC companies. Right. And, and I'll, I, I can tell you, you know, your average ticket, especially in your service call is a little low. You know, you got to either turn that up or you need to do more turnovers. Right. Because your 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 service request to turnover ratio is wrong. So it's like it's one of those things where if you're not measuring it, you can't you can't grow strategically. Um, it's not to say that you won't be able to run a profitable business because that's that's a relatively easy part because you can command your prices. Right. Um, but if you want to do it in a way that's scalable, you really got to know those numbers. Hey, dude, quick question for you. Sorry, Paul. Um, I see this all the time, too, because I like to look at everybody's booking rates. But and I know this kind of varies per industry, but in HVAC world, what do you see as like a is like a, a good middle of the road average booking rate? So here's, I know here's it's my subject. Advice. I know I'm saying it can be subjective to those listening, but when you're looking at straight up data, the data tells the story. So like, I know what ours so, is. I'm just curious. See what yours is. So if you're spending money on high intent based advertising, your booking rate should reflect that. So if you're doing none, right. And it's only referral based, your booking rate should, should reflect that. So based upon the mix of where you're getting the calls from, your booking rate will vary. If you're doing a bunch of cold outbound, your booking rate is going to be lower. Right. So, you know, the answer is like, it always depends. But if you want to set a good base rate for anything in life, it's always 50%. And I'll tell you why. 50% is a good number to start in life for any decision, because that means that half the people think you're too expensive or don't offer the value for it, and, and half, half go for it. And what that means is you're getting to a place where all other things being roughly equal, you know, you're at a place where you had a pretty optimal pricing. 
if a hundred percent of the people are saying yes, well, am I not charging enough? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Right. Like, Oh yeah, it's a dollar for this. Yes, of course. Let's get you booked. Oh, it's, it's $10 for tune up. Yes, of course. Right. And so like, there's so, there's, there's so many variables right. in that piece, but like in life, if half the people tell you yes and half the people tell you, tell you no, and you're saying the same thing to all the people, well, you know that you're at a pretty good price point because if most people are saying no, maybe you're overpriced, right? Maybe you haven't sold the value enough, or maybe, I don't know, you're doing too much cold and you're not getting enough inbound via high intent marketing, right? Or you're not getting enough referrals. So I would just take a lens of that piece because we do the same for our software as well. You know, if we can close half the people that we talk to about the software, that means, you know, we're priced correctly within our market, um, um, as well as we're not overpriced. And so it's one of those things where if you look at that, that's a great baseline to start with if you don't know any of the pieces that I just mentioned. Well, that was an awesome way of dancing around an exact answer. I appreciate that, but it was a great <laughs> thought out answer. So, Good. so listeners, I'll give you mine um, because we did an audit on our booking rates for across all Rhino customers too. And we're sitting just over 41%. And that's, that's a booking rate on new, like we paid digital marketing for yeah, a new lead, yeah. which is usually kind of like teeter tottered around the 36, 37, 38%. So I'm glad to see it starting to increase. Like, listen to me, that, 3% increase can mean big, big revenue yeah. for you. Like, so anyhow, I just figured I'd throw that out. So you guys have at least a reference based on Rhino customers. And again, I have no impact. Rhino has no impact on that booking rate, right? Like none other than I got to deliver you a qualified new bookable service or install leader, drink cleanly, whatever it is, but you got to book it. Yeah. yeah but and, and I would say that's all true, but because you know that rate, if someone else is not getting close to those booking rates, and all your other customers are, you then it's a direct reflection on, Hey, we've got to improve the CSR. Experience. And we, yeah. And that's exactly right. it. So that's something that we've, that we've done literally since day one is, is recognizing that, but it's good to know for the listeners to hear like, what's a good average sound like, you know, what's a good average number so they can begin to ask whomever. Yeah. And it just makes perfect sense, Chris, why you would have brought on a business coach because it's not that you want to be the next, next star. I mean, maybe you do, but it's because like, they're need, they're, they need help from start to finish. And if you can examine where that breakage is, you can make so, everyone so much better. Yeah, at the end of the day, so I'm just trying to get these TJ. guys. Yeah, yeah, I'm just trying to get the, thank you, Paul. I'm just trying to get, you know, listen, I'm in the business of trying to help these guys grow. Our motto is we exist to grow your business, period. It doesn't mean that I have to actually perform the service, but I need to at least help find the solution. And so I don't want to go and build a house call pro. I have no interest in that. Like I don't want to build a, I don't have any interest in doing those things. I, I 100% believe in the value of it. If you need scale, you got to have it. It's, it's not even an option. Um, but I also need to see like, what can I help them fix that's outside of my wheelhouse? If I'm listening to every call anyway, why would I not bring on a coach, right? To say, listen, this CSRs are sucking this month and we're bleeding potential revenue and like it's there and the booking rate's so low. So yeah, the guy came available, Tom Hartnett. I brought him on board. He was like highly regarded in the industry, came from, um, has a lot, has a great track record and, and he became available, you know? And I was like, dude, let's make it happen because I want my customers to be able to book and close and grow. And even though I don't, I can't, I couldn't do that. I was, you know, we were doing CSR assessments monthly and giving it to the contractors monthly. But you know, sometimes Roland, the best thing these guys do is nothing because they, you know, it's not, not because they don't want to, it's just, they don't have time to, or you're wearing multiple hats. So I believe all these things work together. Like me, you, that makes sense for the, on behalf of the contractor, because as they grow, they got to have these management systems in place to scale, like to scale efficiently, I should say. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. The, all, everything you're saying is right. I mean, honestly, you know, the best athletes in the world, have coaches. So don't think that, Oh, uh, I don't know. I think I'm doing okay. I don't need a coach. Um, 
everybody's got a coach, right? Yeah. Most top performing athletes. Um, and I feel like someone to hold you accountable is, is also really important. Absolutely. So having weekly check-ins and having those, um, because it's, there's nothing better than being like called out for something when you said you were going to do it, because it's easy enough for you to make your own excuse and be like, ah, oh, you know, I, I, sorry, the kids had a crazy weekend and I get the chance to like, you know, go through the numbers right. or whatever. Um, but having that extra kind of accountability is super helpful. If nothing else, even if you don't learn anything, just the accountability is going to help you. hundred percent. Do you have someone like that in your life, Roland? I do. Yeah. I've got my own couple mentors that I meet with, um, sometimes monthly, sometimes quarterly, but you know, that's where it's, um, and then I do my own kind of yearly, you know, when, when people think about resolutions, you know, what we do is called a retrospective, uh, which is essentially anything you put effort towards, um, you want to go back and reflect, uh, we call it good, bad, and ugly. So there's three columns. Um, we do this internally actually every week, um, we call them iterations, but what we'll, what we'll do is we'll say, okay, well, we'll look good in the week. Uh, what went bad and what is like really bad, right? What is, what is ugly? And what you'll notice there is that two out of those three, right, are negative. <laughs> but it's not, and it's, it's not because you want to be negative about something. It's because you're looking to improve, right? Just giving yourself a, a pat on the back or an attaboy, that's not going to cause you to improve. To cause you to improve, you need to truly reflect like, okay, what could I have kind of done better? And like, what was just like unavoidable or like a complete train wreck? Um, and so with that, you know, if you can have someone even just walk you through your own good, bad, and ugly weekly, monthly, quarterly, you know, like that's just going to help you with your business. And it's something you can do in your personal life as well. Um, you can do it with your partner right. as well, you know, um, and, 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 and that's just general life advice. Dude, you just gave some actually like good business advice, that's good, really bad, good. and ugly. Actually. So we do something similar. We just call it right, wrong, missing, confusing. Um, but this gives you. And so that actually gives you three negatives. So I need to switch to yours. So it's just two negatives. <laughs> it was like a year before we figured out like, gosh, why do we feel like we get the shit beat out of us every time we do this exercise? And we're like, oh, we only gave one column for anything positive. But, but the key the key ingredient there is um, it gives you a simple platform to measure the wins and losses and um, confusion in your business that you can kind of chip away at and fix. But really the majority of the um, good stuff comes from the bad and the ugly. Like yeah. that's where you start to move the business and you ain't got it. You're not, you don't have to tackle it all. Like what we'll do is we set those things in the beginning. We, as an executive team come up with our own, or if you are listening and you are the executive, you come up with your own, like, you know, what's good, you know, what's bad, you know, what's ugly in your business. You document those things. Um, and then I would, we, we ask our staff to fill out the exact same thing from their perspective. What do you think is good and bad and ugly? Um, but then it then allows us to see, do we align? Like are our good, bad and uglies aligned? Um, so and then you can start to chip away yeah. at things, but you can do this at any size of business. Like even if it's just you, um, you come up with your good, bad and ugly. Now you've got a list of things you can start to chip away at. You just hold yourself accountable, which can be tough to do. Um, if you don't have an account, I 100% believe you got to have somebody to help hold you accountable. Even if it's your significant other, even if that sucks to admit it, like unfortunately, well, I should say, fortunately, I work with my significant other, um, who is very great at keeping me accountable, but we utilize a tool just like that. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> oh, I was just going to ask a follow-up question to the, the worst day over the past five years. What, what was the best day? What was the moment where you could sigh and maybe, you know, do a cheers? What was the best day at house call pro? Oh, the best day at house call pro. Ooh, the best day. Uh, wow. That's, that's, that's a, that's a tough, um, because there've been so many good ones. 
Yeah. I mean, honestly, for me, I, I loved um, pre-COVID when we were doing our masterminds, we would go tour the country. I think we did like 14 of them and we get each big city, we'd get two to 400 contractors of our pros to show up and we just teach them about their business. But the coolest thing about it wasn't just getting to teach them, it was just get to, getting to meet all the pros, you know, just to shake a bunch of hands. Um, and I hope one day that we can kind of get back there. But for me, that was really neat just to see that impact um, that we really had. You know, I've got pros, somebody, you know, you save my marriage, you know, not only did you save my business, you know, like just, just the craziest stories. Um, but I, if I had to pinpoint like the like with my best day so far, the best day so far is when I was on one of our whiteboard Wednesdays. So every, every group or every, every Wednesday we do a whiteboard Wednesday inside of our Facebook community. And on one of them, I had asked, you know, we were unrolling our new super pro batch, uh, which is for our, like kind of our, our elite pros. Um, and there's a whole bunch of requirements to do that. And I had said something like, oh yeah, and you can put the badge on your truck. You know, you can kind of put the badge, uh, you know, your website. Um, and then Alexa, who's my co-host, you know, she was like, Oh, maybe hey, on your body, uh, maybe on your body. And I was like, yeah, okay. If any of you guys want a super pro tattoo, hit me up. And, <laughs> and I, I, I got over 14 pros that are like, I want a house call pro or super pro tattoo. Are you sure? Uh, hold on. Oh my What's God. Clarification question here. Are we talking about a, um, like a, uh, I don't know, adhesive tattoo or are we talking ink? Tattoo tattoo. No, ink, ink, yeah. <laughs> Think. And Holy and so um, so I had a pick from that batch of pros. Um, I, I ended up um, flying three pros out. Uh, Victor, <laughs> yeah, uh, Victor is a who, who's who's a plumber. Uh, Zach, who's appliance repair, um, and another gal actually got a, a lady pro tattoo. So we got two super pro tattoos. Are lady pro tattoo. Um, yeah, and they, they came out and we took them to the office, took them out to dinner, hung out with them. And oh for me, I was like, wow, like, why did you do this? And they're like, well, this had such a profound impact on my life. And That's I was it. like, wow, I, I never, I never knew, you know, that um, I'd ever build anything where someone's like, yeah, I'm going to tattoo that. It's like, you know, yeah, imagine, imagine some pros walking around with a, like a rhino tattoo, you know, uh, you know, on, on their shoulder or something. Um, I've, got, wild. I've got one guy in here who's a Beast. Shout out to my friend, my man, my uh, vice president of digital marketing, Mike Benitez, um, who listens to every single podcast. And he told me, and he's got a lot of tattoos rolling. Um, he said, once I hit 10 years, I'm getting a rhino tattoo. Well, he's at nine and a half. So Ooh, like he's right there. So he had it sketched out. And literally before this, I was just, I just had a meeting with him and, uh, and he showed a, a sketch of what that's going to look like. It's pretty sick. So but nothing That's like cool. that. Like I can't imagine a customer loving us so much that they're going to get a tattoo. That would be insane. Yeah. So I would have flown all 14 of them out, but, um, <laughs> you know, back then we did have a budget. So. <laughs> all right. Three, three, you guys. Um, but yeah, that's probably the best moment. No, that's great. Chris <laughs> once walked up to me with a, uh, a rhino brand. And I was like, Oh my gosh, what's he going to ask me to do with this thing? And fortunately it was for my boots, but I thought for sure I had to pick a, an appendage. That's a whole other story. <laughs> That's a whole other story. It's on the podcast somewhere. All right. Now I want to go super, super big picture. I want to kind of zoom out and look at the industry. I want to look at the next 40, 50 years, talk about massive disruption, right? We can just assume using common sense that things won't be the same 20, 30, 40 years from now. Um, you've read Peter Thiel's zero to one and explain the concept of zero to one to the listeners. And then to follow up on that, who's going to be the disruptor? Is it going to be contractors? Is it going to be software companies? Is it going to be marketing companies like Rhino? Like, let's talk about disruption. 
<laughs> All right, well, let, let's answer the zero to one first, then we'll talk about destruction. So really zero to one at its most basic form is just making something out of nothing. And the first step is always the hardest because two through N is, is, is much, well, much easier, but I would just say making something from nothing takes a lot of effort. And so uh, inside of House Call Pro, one of our core values, um, it actually relates to the zero one theme, which is relentless innovation. And so that means someone makes a new business unit inside of House Call Pro or a completely new initiative or something that didn't exist. And we hand that out um, as an award um, every month or every couple of months, you know, for someone that does something truly exceptional. But that, that zero to one is a great concept for, for anybody to apply to anything. Um, and it could be as simple as, you know, making a new business line inside of your business from scratch, you know, coming up with something brand new, a brand new process or a way to sell it. Um, you know, back in the day, right now we're selling HVAC units. Well, why not? Why not just have them rented? Why does someone have to own an HVAC unit in their home? I don't know. Let's, let's make it so everyone just pays a fixed monthly amount and they don't even own the unit. Right. By the way, guys, they're already doing this in Canada, oh, so yeah. uh, it's it's not zero to one. Um, and there's some folks here now, actually, in the states um, that that are some of our pros that are doing a similar program. So oh. it's like coming up with something like brand new, a new way to look at something, a new way to spin something. Um, so I'd feel like you know, with 40, 50 years, who knows? Um, but but I can tell you here in the next like five to ten years, you're going to be looking at things where okay, what are things that um, can be done by machines, and what are things that can be done by humans, and what things are truly human? I think empathy, customer service, connection, like those things you can have with other humans. Probably, I, maybe there's some people that have with machines, but. Um, you know, but but I'd say that's probably pretty hard to replicate. Um, and so I'd say like that element will always be there. I think the element of just like skill and all the different things to consider within the home and like crawling and going to the spaces and installing things and the craftsmanship and the knowledge that goes into that, that won't be disrupted. That'll always exist. But everything else will be. Where are jobs coming from? I don't know. I think machines might be given human jobs. It's already happening. I already see it. Right. There's the sensors that are saying, hey, there's a malfunction. Dispatch a pro. All of a sudden, the machine is telling a human to go somewhere. Right. right? So like that's going to accelerate. Yeah. There's going to be more of that. So anything where, you know, the kind of the monotonous, simple stuff, that's going to get abstracted away. Um, now is, you know, obviously everyone's like, Roland, is going to be a consolidation in the market. Is private equity going to buy all the things? It's like, no, they're not going to buy all the things. Not all the things are worth being bought. Right. right. Like are some of the bigger ones? Yes. But many of the small ones, no. Right. Is it going to affect everybody? No. Is, 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 um, you know, everything going to fall to the bottom of pricing and it's just going to be like a, a, a race, race to the, the bottom? bottom? No. <laughs> No, none of that's going to happen. People are going to value service. You know, like for me, I just want to know if I hire the right person, are they going to do a good job? Am I getting treated fairly? Um, and, you know, is it is it truly going to work and do what they say they're going to do? And if that's it, you know, price is less of a concern. <laughs> you know, um, if, if I feel like it's fair, it's fair, right? And so um, will there be consolidation in some of the more um, simple repairs and things like that? I think, yes. You know, I think um, to the extent that there's, you know, more a la carte or flat rate, simple, quick things that can be done by a fleet or like a bigger company that can do kind of basics. Yeah, probably. Um, but in, in an essence, like all, all the human, the truly human components will never go away. Um, and so those are the things you should really focus on differentiating in your business, right? The, the other the other pieces you need to know and make sure that whatever you're working on is compatible with and you're doing thing, something that's in a kind of a, a scalable uh, tech forward friendly way. That's important. Um, but all, all the rest, um, you know, I'd say, is there going to be a huge change in disruption? 
I don't know, is it gonna be contractor generated? Maybe some parts of it. Um, technology for sure, right? All the all the boring parts. Right. Um, but where the jobs are coming from, maybe, right? Like who's creating the jobs? Um, obviously humans will, but also why can't the home just know that something's screwed up and it'll automatically try to fix itself? I think that's a big thing. I think that'll definitely happen. It's Absolutely. already happening. Yep. Uh, it's gonna accelerate. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe, maybe ten years from now, I'll listen to this podcast and be like, "Roland, you idiot, <laughs> dude, I'm no, tracking with you." Freaking cyborgs took yeah. over. <laughs> we, we cyborg need to get, Paul is in the attic. Cyborg Paul. We, we need to get you, Yano, and Tom Howard in a room for about twelve hours and oh, have God. this discussion. Something oh, pretty exciting. But uh, Chris, why don't you go ahead and uh, ask the final, final question? Well, the one we ask every guest. Yeah. Well, one, I want to say um, I'm tracking with you, man, like everything you're just saying. But the thing that uh, I love to hear you say is the human being aspect is not going to ch- is that part to me is not going to change. Like mm-hmm. you can dictate what you want to do based on your effort you put in. Like, you know, you you are the one that has the skill set who has to go and do the job regardless. So no matter what happens in technology or where lead volume comes from, or whatever, it's your responsibility to go and, and, and continue to track with that and be progressive and things of those nature. But you still have to be the one to do the job. Like Cyborg Paul is real, not realistically not going to go and do the job, right? Like he's not. So at least not in, I don't believe in my, and you said the next 40 to 50 years, which gives me an ulcer to think about because in my world and even Roland's world, it's hard to think about 40 to 50 years down the road when we're trying to think about the next two and three Five minutes, <laughs> but I do want to ask this question. So one, one, thanks you. Thanks to you, Roland, yeah. for saying how important the human being aspect is and always will be uh, in the trades. So, um, but the last question I want to ask is just, and I do love asking this question. So thank you for letting me do it, Paul. Um, is what do you want um, your legacy to be? Like, what is Roland's legacy going to be, or what kind of legacy do you want to put out there? Um, I think there's like personal legacy, and there's like company legacy, and so I think I from a company perspective, it's just like how can we continue to always champion the pro and make sure that whatever we do as a company, we're doing whatever we can within our power to make them become successful. And that may be through technology, that may be through services, that may be through solutions, that may be through coaching, that may be through, I don't know, a whole bunch of different things, but you know, whatever variation or flavor that Hospital Pro becomes down the road, um, that is always core to the mission, which is championing the pro. So I think like that, that's kind of the meta company mission. And the personal mission is like, how can I affect and positively impact as many lives as I can? And, and maybe that's through, you know, this home service software that, you know, I've been working on for the last eight years. But ultimately, I think it'll go beyond that. And maybe I'll take, you know, some, some money off the table and go invest into something else that's positive just for humankind in general. Because I yep. think there's a, a, a lot of things um, that need to be solved. And in the near term here, too. Um, you know, I, I'm right now up in Healdsburg and, you know, fire threat is real and climate change out here is for sure real, you right. know, and it's one of those things where, you know, what, what other parts of my skills can I bring and positively affect others? And as long as I do that, I think, you know, um, I'll feel fulfilled as part of my legacy. Ultimately, you know, having a family, seeing them all grow up, you know, having them be successful too. It's just, it's more about others than really it is my own legacy. Yeah. I love um, it. Dude. I think that's that's how I define it. Dude, that's great, man. I love that. Like, um, I think yeah, having a business, you know, a professional legacy and a personal legacy is completely like you can do whatever you want. But I think it, I like you know the kind of the same mindset too. It's um, doing good is good business. I have said that time and time again. Um, yeah. And it feels good to give. And the bigger the company gets, the more I get to give to not only my employees but to my uh, customers, but also back to the community and whatever else needs help. Um, that's living a lot. That's a life I want to live. 
Um, so dude, thanks for hopping on here and thanks for all the uh, insight that you shared. Obviously you're super deep into the game. Like I am in the home services space and um, we all hear different things. It's just nice. Why, why Paul said about me, you and Tom is because our, our visionary mind and the, and the things that we're involved in all in one room, but probably like 12 hours is probably being moderate in the time frame. We, yeah. <laughs> who knows what it would what it would a look huge like week week whiteboard session in, in, in wine country or something you know? <laughs> oh yeah that like sounds it. great i know a guy <laughs> sounds yeah. great well listen man i appreciate you coming on here so much i appreciate everything that you're doing for the industry your passion for the industry like it's cer- certainly admirable i'm grateful for our friendship that we've created in our partnership man so thanks for those Definitely. things and what i want you to do just to kind of close out too is just if you can let the listeners know if they want to contact you and listeners by the way just because you reach out to Roland or somebody on his team doesn't mean they're going to hard sell you. It's not how it rolls. They're just going to educate you on the potential of the, what the software can do for you or help you, or even give you some good guidance on what's the best you know fit for you. So Roland, if you wouldn't mind sharing, what's the best contact info for our listeners to be able to connect with House Call Pro? Yeah, honestly, the easiest way is if you just send me a personal email and I'll get you connected to the right person on my team. It's just Roland at housecallpro.com. If you're interested and you want to do that and you don't you know, necessarily want to go through housecallpro.com and that, just make sure you tell me like, hey, I heard you on the Rhino podcast, right? So obviously make sure that you include that somewhere in the email so I know that's where you came from. We'll go ahead and shoot that over. Perfect. So we will share Roland's email uh, in our post as well. And don't forget, Roland means... What you know about rolling down in the deep? Dude, that is never, you're never going to forget this. I'm never going to forget never, this. Never, never. Dude, never, Roland, yeah. seriously, brother, thank you so much for taking the time, man. Thanks, guys. I'm a uh, it's a pleasure being on here. You guys are doing something great and look forward to speaking again and talking shop uh, sometime in the future. Absolutely. Listeners, hopefully you enjoyed the uh, podcast here with my man, Roland Leitenberg and uh, Tal Paul, and he had some thoughtful questions. So, Paul, thanks for spending the time on this stuff. And listen, if you walked away with nothing, if you walk away with anything, it is that, you got to have this technology in your life to be able to truly scale your business efficiently. I'm a hundred percent bought in on that. So um, it's the smartest thing to do on behalf of you, not just for yourself, but for your family and your employees, they deserve it. You know, you have these things here to help you progress your business. Like even if you don't know it, don't be so scared to not try it. It's it's house call pro didn't grow because it didn't work. <laughs> it grows and continues to grow because it does work and it does help lots and lots and lots of these contracted companies excel. So I want to go ahead and end the uh, podcast like I always do with a review, Paul. So I'm going to go ahead and share this one. Uh, it's another five-star review. Um, one of these times, we need to, if we ever get one that's not five stars, let's share it. Oh, I want to share one that's not five stars. I don't know if we have any that aren't, but um, if we do, I want to share it and just talk about it. But we have five stars from Zach Clark that he uh, submitted on the 27th of July. It says, elevates my business. Um, it says business, but business sounded cooler. Sound cool. Um, Chris and Tall Paul are great. Uh, they have superstar. They have superstars in all aspects of the home services business. Uh, always learn something as I grow myself and my business. And my business. I can't wait to be a part of the Rhino family. So Zach oh, nice. Clark is going to be part of the Rhino family. Uh, welcome. Wait, if you are a part of the Rhino family by the time this thing airs, welcome to the Rhino family, Zach, and yeah, thank you we'll for the, the kind review. But uh, listeners, hopefully you enjoyed another podcast, the Two Home Services podcast with me and Tall Paul and our man, Roland. Until next time, we'll see you.